0: Hey team, thanks for coming by my office. It's me, your favorite coworker. Hey everyone, welcome back. How are you doing? I hope everyone's having a good week. Lots happening. This week that I want to touch on um, on my first kind of mini episode, what I think I'm going to do with these are kind of 25, 30 minutes, just quick snapshot of things that I think are relevant um, in the job market, things that I think are interesting to anyone that is looking for a new job or is looking to make a shift from where they're currently employed. Um, I think this will just be kind of a space for me to get a sense of what are people thinking and what are people. Th- uh, seeing um, and kind of share what I think and what I'm seeing. Um, and we'll compare notes and we'll see what we come out with. Um, something that happened this week that's incredibly um, relevant and impactful, um, not just to people in the state that it affects, but all of us, um, and I'll explain why, is around corporate transparency on job postings and salaries. Um, So basically what happened is this week in New York City specifically, um, there was a um, law that was changed that requires new companies that are posting jobs, any company that's posting a job to outline what the salary is for that job in a public forum. So what does that look like? Basically, if a, let's say Google's hiring uh, for a engineer, when they post that job, they have to put the salary range within like something that's reasonable. When they're posting that on LinkedIn or Indeed, et cetera. Historically, companies haven't had to do that. So you can post a job, have no idea what the salary is. You're making an assumption based on the job description if that job fits your particular skill set or the amount of years that you've been in the workforce, et cetera. So you're kind of just guessing um, without really knowing, other than maybe the level of seniority of that job, if that's the right position for you, just assuming that the pay is within the like bubble of what you would want. Um, the challenge with that is like anyone that knows that's listening or like talking about this is that you can spend time applying to a lot of jobs that the salary is nowhere within the realm of what would work for you and, and what you're kind of working towards. Um, and that goes both ways. It could be either too high or either too low, right? Depending on depending on where, where you are and what you're looking for. Um, the challenge with that is you can go through the process of applying for a job, multiple interviews, just to get down to the part where you like negotiate salary and realize that you and the employer are way far apart when it comes to compensation and what you're expecting. And now you've gotten like really excited about this job that you think you want um, and that you've like fantasized about probably at this point that, you know, how excited you are or kind of what that new role would look like, um, only to find out that you and that company are just way far apart on compensation. And that falls, that falls apart a lot of times, um, both for the job poster and for the person that's applying. Uh, and it's really not fair, right? It's a waste of time, um, for both parties. The second reason why it's super important is that, we know, unfortunately, um, that there's a pay gap between men and women, and not just men and women, but if you break that down even further demographically between women of color, men of color, um, women of uh, Latinx backgrounds, et cetera. And that kind of like trickles down into like a pyramid of like every rung that you move into uh, a greater spectrum of diversity, your pay uh, disparity between um, that broader group becomes higher and higher. So what does that mean? So basically, the further you get into a minority group, the lower your pay is historically, and studies show this. Um, even though you're doing the same job as everyone else in that same spectrum, um, which sucks, it, and it's not right, and it's you know the the pay gap that unfortunately um, has persisted um, since the inception of you know women entering the workforce and many decades ago in a formal sense, which which it sucks. And there's so many organizations that work all the time towards rectifying this and through all kinds of advocacy groups through legislation, etc. And it's just like we haven't been able to close the gap anywhere close to where it should be by now and with the amount of effort that's been put in. Um, to date, still in New York City, I think as of uh, 2019, um, for every male that makes $100,000, uh, the average woman makes $80,000 to that 100000 So we're still, we still have that gap um, dollar for dollar. Um, And that's it. So I think part of that and part of this kind of push for greater transparency around salary disclosures are it levels the playing field as far as information. So if we're all applying to the same job, but we come from different backgrounds, different demographics, we at least know that I'm not going to get lowball because I'm a woman when I go to say what my salary is versus maybe like my male counterpart. Um, And there's so many other reasons why that happens. And I'm sure at some point I'll get into the psychology of of, uh, why women historically have like undervalued themselves in negotiations, et cetera. We can definitely get into that. That's a whole different conversation, but a very interesting one. Um, But basically there's greater transparency, um, not just for people that are applying for those roles, but people that already are existing employees of that company. So think about it. Let's say you're a middle manager in an organization and you know that they're now hiring someone with the same role as you in a different department, right? Um, When they hire that person, you have no transparency or no understanding um, unless that person tells you how much that person makes and they're doing the same exact job uh, as you. And unfortunately, um, more times than not, they're not making the same thing. Uh, They might be making more. They might be making less. um, But is that right? if you guys are doing the exact same job, uh, should you be paid differently than someone else? Uh, I think not. Uh, And New York City thinks not also. Um, And I think most people would support that. Um, The challenge comes as I think uh, in a few parts on the corporate side. And what we've seen already, this, this law just went into place in the last week, but what we've seen already is some employers posting these salary ranges that are completely insane. So someone from a very large organization posted a job and the pay was between $50,000 and $1.5 million <laughs> in compensation. They've since taken that down because obviously um, that's insane uh, and means absolutely nothing when when the range is that wide. Um, a lot of groups and financial services have been posting jobs between the range of $0 to $2 million, which obviously, sure, you'll make something between zero dollars and two million dollars but i think it'd be a lot more helpful um, if it was like in a range of 10 to fifteen thousand dollars, top and bottom of where you're going to be um we haven't gotten that far yet right now some of the ranges are still really wide i think on the average they're between like 61 and 155 which is obviously a huge a huge range and it's very hard to kind of get context um but we'll see what happens it's brand new Uh, It just started this week. I think a lot of companies are kind of scrambling to figure out how they're going to institute it. I think a lot of them are also really scared because of the public perception of reckoning. So if you have a thousand person workforce that now knows as you're hiring new roles um, what those people are getting paid compared to what you're getting paid, um, then we have a lot of like gender equity and pay equity Um, conversations that need to happen within that company. And a lot of companies aren't ready to do that yet, um, because they just haven't kind of done an internal audit around, you know, what are people paid in comparison to racial and gender metrics. And that's a whole nother conversation that we can definitely get in. But part of the goal with this, and I'm not sure what the outcome is going to be. um, I would love to hear if anyone, you know, here has experience you know on de or anyone's an hr professional let me know is this something you're doing in your company are you the one responsible with posting these type of roles um i'd love to know let me know um i'd love to see how it's going and we'll see the goal here is to take steps to create greater corporate transparency around um uh the wage gap and and we'll see if that if this moves the needle i'm not sure it's going to um, I'm all for transparency, um, and especially around like hiring, um, and compensation I think is really important. There's a lot of companies and, and sorry, countries where this is the norm, uh, by the way, this is not the only way it has to be. There's a lot of countries where your hiring, uh, your entry salary has to do with the amount of years that you've worked. And it doesn't matter like your background or, which school you went to, or who you know, or what your um, gender is, or, or your race, you are compensated based on the amount of years that you've been uh, in a particular profession, um, good or bad, doesn't matter. Um, and everyone knows, right? Because everyone that's worked five years at the company makes the same amount. Everyone that works 10 years makes the same amount. Um, I'm not sure that's the way to do it either. That may be like too extreme. You know, if you perform better than someone else that's in your same role, maybe you should be compensated more. Maybe your bonus should be higher because you're putting in uh, more effort right um or maybe you should be promoted I'm not sure what the what the ultimate model looks like I think that's like the most um reflective of people's effort but I think in general it's a step in the right direction and I think it's something that uh, ultimately helps women in the workplace for sure um, better to know than to not know but I'm open to feedback I, you know I've been asking around kind of like what are some negatives? That might happen as a part of this like what's the flip side of this coin that maybe i'm not seeing or not understanding uh and i haven't heard it yet i haven't heard any negative feedback but i'm open i'm open to hearing it um with that kind of another major announcement this week is we are seeing major layoffs um, at big companies which is concerning and upsetting for many reasons um Excluding the kind of obvious top piece of news this week, which is the Twitter um, acquisition um, by Elon Musk and all of the layoffs that are coming as part of that, that's just like one part of the conversation. I think if you zoom out a little bit, we've seen um, that over the summer and kind of coming into um, fall, there's a lot of layoffs happening. So Zwillow, um, the online marketplace for homes. Laid off five percent of their workforce. Peloton twelve percent. DocuSign nine percent. Uh, Snapchat twenty percent. Um, Outbrain three percent. OpenSea twenty percent. Um, MasterClass twenty percent. Like these are major, major um, groups, right? Virgin Hyperloop fifty percent of of their workforce. That's for a very specific reason. But there's a lot of a lot of major companies that are downsizing their workforce. And also implementing hiring freezes, which, as you know, is never a good sign when you're someone who's in uh, the position that you're looking for a new job to kind of hear this in the news where, you know, all these major companies are laying people off as you're kind of looking to get um, onboarded somewhere new. Never feels good. Doesn't, you know, kind of give you an optimistic view of what's happening. Um, So what do we do with that? Right. Um, I think there's a couple things to keep in mind. One is. A lot of these companies are very tech-forward businesses, so keep that in mind. Not sure if you're in tech or not, um, but they're very tech-forward businesses. So, typically, tech companies tend to overstaff. You can fight me on that if you want. Let me know if you if you disagree. But tech companies tend to overstaff um, and when times are good. They hire a lot, right? They're innovation first. Um, think fast, move fast, hire fast, fire fast. Kind of that that whole. Mentality. So, I think a lot of those organizations are like not the best indication of where we are as a broader workforce, but it is something to keep in mind. Um, So, if you're in the tech field, I think it's something to be super aware of. And then maybe start looking for other opportunities where you would be the token or the key kind of um, developer or engineer within a company that maybe isn't very tech forward but does need someone uh, to manage those services within the company. So rather than being, you know, employee number 200 out of like 500, you know, uh, like IT people or tech people or, or um, developers, etc. in your company, better to work with a smaller company where there's uh, a team um, of tech or digital people where there's like five people, right? Because the likelihood um, that you have job security in that particular role is going to be a lot higher than if you're one of many. Um, so even tech forward roles, I still think that there's opportunities out there. You just maybe need to stop looking at these like larger companies where you're one of many start looking at like less tech forward companies where you can be one of a few. Um, something that's great about kind of working within those roles. If you have that area of specialty is that you're in higher demand and you're harder to replace, than people in other, um, areas. So someone who's like, and forgive me, don't get mad at me, but anyone who's like in HR or administration, while yes, like those roles are very important and they're very niche. um, they're not highly specialized and tech oriented where companies would be really afraid to let someone like that go. Um, if that's the only person that does that. So one of those kind of like, pieces of advice that someone had shared to me a long time ago that I have found to be really helpful is making yourself, um, more valuable within your organization. Even if you're one of many, what can you do to continue to invest in yourself, making yourself as indispensable as possible within your organization. So when these things do start to happen, as we are seeing the likelihood that you'll feel it, or you'll be the first on the, on the kind of chopping block, um, goes down obviously that's not a guarantee. I don't know, but I think anything you can do to make yourself kind of carve out a little, a little moat around yourself, right. Um, where, when, when kind of these organizations are cutting people, you're, you're one of the last to go if hopefully not at all. Um, and this sucks, this sucks for all of the people that are getting let go in a time where the economy is so shaky and we don't know what's going to happen next. It's just really unfortunate that, that we see this happening. Um, Even in, you know, kind of these larger banks, larger finance uh, institutions, we do see them implementing hiring freezes, which means, you know, step one of shrinking as a company. So if you're not growing, you're shrinking. And there's a very small period in between when you're not hiring, where you're stagnant. And in my mind, stagnant, you know, means also shrinking because the world keeps moving. And if you are not moving and growing, it means you're getting smaller in comparison to the wider world. Um, so most of those companies are in a hiring freeze quotation marks, which basically means all of the jobs that we were hiring for, we now take them offline and it's not going to happen. I don't know when those are going to stop my indication and kind of what I feel in my gut and what I've heard is that coming into the middle of this coming year. So mid 2023, we'll probably get a sense of where the economy is going to be and then where jobs will be in the meantime, Again, if you're looking or you are someone who has just let go, what do you do? Right? Um, That's a really long time to say, Hey, I'm just going to sit it out and wait. Most of us don't have the luxury of being able to do that. What I do see a rise in, and this is kind of like what always happens when we're in a position like this, I think a lot of people even felt this in the beginning of the pandemic, is when companies panic or they get scared. They let a lot of people go. And then what they do is like backdoor hire people as freelancers, because they don't want to take the risk of bringing on a full-time employee that they'll then have to let go and fire that can maybe collect unemployment, which is like, you know, uh, a liability to that company. They'd rather just hire people as um, 1099 freelancers, which is that the right thing? No, that's horrible for employees. But if you're looking to like Gap six months, or maybe nine months, or even one year, maybe more in your employment of being let go somewhere before you can get another full time job. Looking at a lot of um, postings that are out there for like part time or freelancers is definitely an option. Um, I think there's also a lot of really incredible. platforms now that didn't used to exist that are really helpful when it comes to being hired as a contractor. and I'll, I can definitely find some of those and link them if that's helpful. Um, but there's a lot of platforms right now where you can like upload your resume, upload your particular skills and then it'll match you with uh, companies um, either domestic like in the US or even globally that are looking to hire consultants. This is me also doing air quotes consultants um, that specialize in your particular area of expertise. And you can do short-term contracts. So you can do like a three-month contract where you're focusing on helping a company either like build out a marketing strategy or uh, a sales strategy or a product development, et cetera, like depending on what area you're in, or even like a diversity inclusion plan or an ESG plan for that particular company. Um, Those spaces right now I find are exploding. There's a ton of opportunities. Again, they're not full-time jobs, but are they employment in the interim? Uh, to make sure you kind of keep your head above water Um, in the meantime. Yeah. And, and there are great options. And I also know a lot of people that have started like that um, and then found a company that they really loved through consulting. um, And then they ended up getting hired at that company full-time. It gives you a really great opportunity to kind of like make connections, prove your value, see if you even like working at an organization like that before kind of making the commitment to, to being full-time, which is, Again, another way to look at it. Um, when these things happen, it can feel like you're subject to like bigger powers that are just moving, right? The economy slowing down. And we feel at times like we're victims of a retracting economy. And it's like not our fault, right? Like we didn't do anything to be in this position, but we're we're subject to the, the ebbs and flows of the economy and, and you do the best that you can. So if you can turn that around and create, a lens of empowerment for yourself, where you're like, okay, this did happen, um, but how can I shift my energy to feel like I'm auditioning employers uh, to see if it's worth my time to work at that company? Um, it's mindset, right? So if you're kind of shifting that to say, great, let me take this time to work on my resume. Um, let me look online at other resumes that are that are um, really polished and do really well. I also would consider hiring. Someone who's an expert uh, to do revisions, kind of take a look at your resume make sure it's in the best position that it can be, right? Um, having a second set of eyes, especially a professional set of eyes, is really helpful. Um, and then start auditioning. I'm doing quotes again. <laughs> auditioning uh, companies by reaching out and saying, hey, I'm open to freelance work, or I saw you have this posted. I'm open to doing part-time, um, I'm moved into consulting, um, would love to learn more about the culture of your company or kind of what are you guys looking for? What What's the gel, right, that would like connect you to this company? It's like, just because you're in that position doesn't mean that you have to give up your integrity, uh, your pride, your value doesn't change, right? You're not less valuable because that company retracted and had to let people go. It's a sucky feeling, but it's absolutely not personal. Um, It's just the state of of where the world is. Um, And don't let that get you down. I know that that can suck. I've been in that position myself. So I speak from a place of experience, not judgment where it's like the absolute worst feeling, Um, especially when, you know, the world at large has just gone through so many traumatic events, you're just kind of like, okay, what now? Like what else can possibly happen? You know, adding on top of that, if you have a lot of expenses, if you have children, if you support your parents, if you support someone with uh, special needs, or you have a child with special needs and you're like, you know, your bills don't stop coming because your, your uh, job is no longer there. Your life continues to go on. So do not lose faith. Keep your head high um, continue to, to see yourself as a high value, high value person, um, that deserves respect. Um, and you are important. Don't let that change your view on yourself like that. I've been there and I get it. Um, and I'm also here, like if anyone has feedback on here, some uh, particular advice, how to kind of transition. If you're one of these people, um, that were, that were part of these layoffs, let me know. I'd love to chat with you or leave a comment or, or send me, send me an email or a DM or any of my social platforms. I want to hear what your experience um, has been. Um, Sadly, and I'll kind of like move towards wrapping it up with this. I don't think this is the end of us hearing about this, which hurts my heart um, because I think mass layoffs are just such a demoralizing thing, not just for those individuals, but like us as a country and us as a whole, when you start to feel that at scale, it doesn't feel good. It makes you feel nervous. It makes you kind of think, what is going to happen next? And it's not a good feeling. So keep your heads up. I do think we're going to continue to hear more about this. Um, I'm hoping with things like the um, New York uh, City transparency around salary, we're moving in a very interesting and different direction of where we see hiring and firing happening this year. Um, I don't think it's going to be like anything that we've seen, you know, in the past 10 or 15 years, um, maybe comparable to 2008 as the last time there was like this kind of level of um, stress and confusion around what would be happening. Um, but let me know if anyone here has uh, had this experience uh, in a company where they've let, you know, 20% of their staff go, 35% of the staff... That's significant. Let me know your experience. I'd love to hear it. Um, Again, thank you so much. I have a really exciting conversation coming next week with an incredible entrepreneur that I'm really excited to introduce you guys to. Her story is super interesting. um, Talking about career shift. That's the other thing that I'll actually end with is that a lot of times life's rejection is God's protection, whether you believe in God or not. But when life kind of makes you change course, a lot of times it's for the better. And it's a matter of figuring out what that next step is. And the entrepreneur that I speak with next week had that exact experience. And she took um, lemons and really made lemonade, a very incredible lemonade. So I can't wait to share that with you guys. But Don't forget to look for Don't Tell My Boss on all of your favorite streaming platforms and social media at Don't Tell My Boss, the podcast. And don't forget, do not report me to HR.